Um, what have you been up to? Uh, I mean, mostly, um, mostly uh, Cupid Division stuff. <clears throat> Your short film, yeah, that you wrote and directed, right? Um, so I've been, I've been, because uh, we we had like that major action set piece uh, in the middle of the movie where we we shot most of this movie over the summer, um, practically all of it, and. Uh, we were planning on, I think like, well, the spring in the, and then partially in the summer. And, um, in March we were supposed to shoot that sequence and we lost the location, uh, like the, the morning we showed up to shoot and set up. And then we got removed from the location, uh, because we talked to my producer got permission to be there from one person, but not from the correct person or something, or at least those two people didn't communicate. So rather than blaming each other, they blamed us and, um, we, we lost location. So, um, we were kind of scrambling to figure out a new place and then we found a new place and I had to rewrite the whole sequence to, uh, suit that location because I didn't think in a million years we would get kicked out of our last one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's been, um, a problem solving kind of uh situation, but it, I think it turned out really well. And, uh, you know, I have, um, people that I trust that looked at the footage and they all said that the same thing. Like they all said that it looks like, like, like really, really good. Um, which is, Nice because I've never shot an action scene before, so I'm terrified of how it turned out. Um, I was really uh, and and you know I I rewrote that entire sequence. It's like twelve pages that I rewrote the night before. Nice. And, and um, we went to go film that stuff, and you know we were still we we're running out of time because you know what I wrote, and then I figured it out with my AD. Um, he came over that night and we figured it out and we calculated about roughly like 120 to 150 setups. And, um, in two days, that's, uh, that is difficult. Um, so we sort of had to rewrite on the fly a lot and, uh, figure out ways to shoot things that were using the least amount of setups. So there's like a lot of running and gunning and, um, whatnot a lot of like single shots of action um just uh just less coverage which is um nerve-wracking because you have to get it right uh and you know if i get into the edit bay and i find that one of those oneers isn't right um like i have no good takes like that's 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 gonna be bad i tried to shoot something um for coverage so that at least i have something to cut to uh, but you know, that's a trick that you can only use once in a one um, you know, cut to something else and then use the second half of a different take. Sure. Less that becomes like some kind of Monty Python, like joke. Right. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, uh, you know, you only get one and it's, I'm, I'm going into the edit bay, um, actually later today to start going through all of that stuff. But I do really like how it's turning out. Um, you know, there was a, there was a period of time where I was a little worried, but for our budget, which I think I've, I've back calculated to being about $500, (laughs) um, (laughs) Uh, based on our budget and, and, and everything, I think it looks uh, pretty impressive for how cheap it was made. I think it's funny. Cause I think I about, I doubled my budget from severance, which was about $250. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And, uh, and this is 500. So I got a regular, uh, got a regular Gareth Edwards over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, but I think everybody involved in the project is, ready to be done. Um, it just sucks. We've got like one day of reshoots, uh, that we still need to do. Um, but, uh, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do that day of reshoots. And then, um, cause there was a, I mean, you've read the script. There was this, uh, parking garage scene mm-hmm. and it's sort of been weirdly the plight of the whole, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, the, it's, ne- it's never the one that you think it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that one. Um, cause I mean, you know, we had our problems with the, with the, with the action scene, but that was like a location, like, rights problem um that it didn't really have anything to do with the scene itself uh the parking garage scene was a pain because you don't realize until you get into a parking garage that it's really difficult to shoot in a parking garage because you're in a like you're in like a dark dank area with sunlight streaming in on every other on like all sides you know so it's really easy to blow out the uh the, the lighting like where it where it's like oh they're well lit in the parking garage but as soon as you look behind them and look at the outside like streaming in through the parking garage uh I, you don't call those windows i don't know what you call that um but uh because it's not an indoor parking garage it's like one of those indoor outdoor ones and so you have this light streaming in like the daylight streaming in and it's just like blowing out the camera because you know all this technical stuff with the camera that i won't get into but um so then you're like okay well then let's make sure that we change our camera settings so that the background isn't blown out and it doesn't look like every time they walk off toward the distance it looks like they're walking into heaven um uh, so let's let's change the camera setting. So then you do that, you get the out the exterior stuff in the background looking okay and then everything else is like a cave, like it's so dark. And we didn't have we don't have the lighting uh equipment to uh bring the lighting up again. I was like, "Oh, okay. So this is why you need like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of lighting equipment in a movie." Um so then after we 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 shot all that and then we looked at the footage and realized we can't use any of it, we reshot it in a parking lot. Um, but some of our extras were uh, unavailable for a lot of the day, so we had to get all of their stuff done early. Um, and so we, as as a result, we didn't get a lot of the shots that we need to sort of tell the story of the scene. Yeah, and that's another thing that I didn't realize until I went into the edit bay and started looking at it, and was like, "Oh, I was like, started to puzzle piece it together and realizing that I don't have all of the pieces." And now, it's too late to shoot to go and do reshoots for that because it's you know it's it's winter now, so it doesn't <laughs> look the same outside. Um, so that's like two versions of that scene that are just that we just can't 
do anything with. Um, so I had to write a new scene, an interior scene and, uh, use that instead. And that's, that's what we're going to be reshooting in a couple of weeks along with like a couple, just like random shots of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been an experience. Um, sure. Yeah. And you know, if, if nothing else, I think you've learned like a lot, it sounds like over the course of just hearing you talk about this for months and <laughs> I just realized that sounded like kind of bad, but you're like, <laughs> oh, over the course of, 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 of listening to you talk about this project, it really does sound like. Yeah. Every, every time it's like you've learned like an invaluable like, well, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna do that again. You know? Right. I mean, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a year, um, since I wrote it, um, originally. So, uh, like since that first draft, it's, it's been, it's been over a year as a matter of fact. So, um, it's been, uh, it's been quite a while. I think I wrote that first draft in September of last year. Sounds so, right. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a long time. Um, and, uh, it's, I, I'm glad that it's finally like, you know, all together. And, uh, my, uh, executive producer, he, uh, he said that, um, he wants me to put this and severance into like the film festival circuit. Um, and he said that, uh, I also need to get it online. So my goal is to get both of those films online by Valentine's day. Hey, um, one for obvious reasons. And the other is just. Uh, writing the coattails of the other film so sure yeah <laughs> um but but yeah so cuba division and and severance should be up online by valentine's day uh fingers crossed um and then we'll both have short films we made a long time ago up on the internet yeah yeah it's true i can't believe severance is finally happening that me neither i, I know <laughs> I feel so bad for everyone who was in it. I just we had really bad oh, luck with editors. Hey, you know, take it from someone who's been in the amateur filmmaking business since he was like fourteen. It's the name of the game. Yeah, but I mean, you know, none of those people know that they just they just oh, think sure. I'm yeah. lazy or whatever because they're not used to things taking that long. You know, yeah. If you um, have a bunch of if you have a bunch of friends that are like quote filmmakers. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Robert Rodriguez quote in his book, Rebel Without a Film Crew. You know, if you if you think you're a filmmaker, congratulations, print yourself a business card, you're a filmmaker. <laughs> um, like if you're making movies, like you're a filmmaker. Um, but anyway, like, you know, like if you're if you're making like a, an amateur production, you know, like on Facebook, you know what I mean? Like auditions, there's like a 60, 40 shot. This thing is going to die in the guy's like MacBook. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, haven't you even been part of things that, that has happened to you? Oh, yeah. Most yeah. of the time. <laughs> um, most of the time. Which is why, you know, you hear like, you know, you hear your like friends being like, oh, yeah, this is totally going to happen. And you're like, it's not, but I'm. it'll be fun to make. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah. So Cuba Division is finally coming to, uh, to an end. Um, and uh, we're 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 officially into post production on it. Hey, um, so that's that's good. And uh, I should have a producer like like a like a producer like rough cut or whatever um, by uh, by December um, to send out to my audio my audio engineers and special effects people and um, music uh, so that they can put all of that together. Um, sure. And, uh, and, and then we'll be rolling right ahead and I'm already, um, 
I'm already having my first pre-production meeting for the next thing, um, the next short film uh, tomorrow. Actually, oh, so, I I didn't I didn't know this. Yeah, uh, a, a, a friend of mine, um, Jake, he wrote this script. What's that? Jill Hall. No, um, <laughs> no, this would be a much bigger deal if that was the case. Uh, no, he wrote the script, uh, and he. Uh, I, 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 he was like, he, he wrote it for a, um, for a film class and, uh, with hopes of making it in the film class. And he sent it to me to get notes and I read it and kind of fell in love with it and was like, I love this. And I'll be totally honest. I'm, I'm kind of jealous that your class is going to obviously pick this script and your guys are going to make this because I wish I could direct it. And he said, uh, Oh really? Like you would want to direct this? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I would kill to direct this and he was like well i'll just write another one for the class then you can have this one um so i'm going to direct his his script yeah um it's really good uh and it's and it's great because it it fits into a um sort of a uh weird thematic narrative uh between the three films um which is that i'm in each film i'm sort of like combining comedy with another genre um, you know, severance is a, is a, like a, a comedic crime thing, crime drama. And, uh, and then the, uh, Cupid division is sort of like a romantic comedy fantasy thing. And then, and then, um, this new thing, which is, which is right now it's called unexceptional. Uh, I think that's, I, I'm sure that's probably what the title will be, but I, I'd hate to say like, oh, unexceptional, then start calling it something in a couple something else in a couple of months and, Everyone just be like, what's he talking about? And what happened to that unexceptional movie? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's called unexceptional and it's a, it's a, uh, it's like a horror sci-fi comedy. Um, yeah. So, so like it, you know, but when I'm done with all three of these short films, I'll have worked in like every genre except Western, I guess. <laughs> um, which is well, and, and, but at the same time, severance is kind of a showdown. So uh, yeah, so it's kind of in there too. So, uh, so yeah, so it, it, I, I, I like the idea that when I'm done with all three of these films, I have this little trilogy of like every genre. Um, and then we, I, I named our little production crew that I have out here. Uh, we're going to be called, uh, dueling genre productions. So, hey, um, cause it's official. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like a, sounds like I, I, I like the title and it, uh, <clears throat> kind of like it looks good. Um, which is uh, important um, in like yeah. logos and stuff, but yeah. So uh, so that's that's where I'm at. Um, it's uh, it's been good, but you've been you've been uh, you've been doing things. Um, you were you were just in that play. I mean, that was you know I I was busy, but you were like ridiculously busy, yeah. um, which is why we haven't recorded in a while. So yes, how did I, I uh, how how'd the play go? And and now and now that you're <laughs> you're done with starring in that now you're directing one so uh you've got a lot going on yeah you know senior year you know you got all these it it it, it is weird it is it is kind of like dying when it's like your senior year of college i found out because mm-hmm. like you know you're like i have all this stuff i need to do and i only have a few more months to do it like i have all these things i need to say and like all these people i need to like have sex with i'm kidding um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, the play went really good. Uh, I was I was in a production of Water by the Spoonful. Um, they ran two weekends, which is the longest um, I've ever done a show before. Um, and it was really good. It, it was really good. Um, 
it, 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 I did have this weird moment where um, that I, 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 I kind of I want to see if you can relate to this, but um, we we were striking the set, like <laughs> we, we, we 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 struck the set like right after the final performance. Yep. So we were it was like Saturday night. It was like twelve forty in the morning, and we were just like on you know we were like tearing metal and wood apart, and like it was gross and heavy. And I was looking around, and all of a sudden, the stage was just bare. Yeah. And like an hour ago, this had been where we were like crying and like laughing and telling the story. Mm-hmm. And now it was bare. And like, I just had this really clear like message in my head it was like, oh, let's have another one. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I was just all of a sudden really hungry again. And I was, I was so fortunate that like, something else was happening like not two days later, you know? Yeah. Cause then like I had, I had one day off where I just didn't leave the futon for like 14 hours. <laughs> like I, I told myself, um, cause like I, uh, that Sunday where, you know, the first day after the fact of the show ending, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the thing. I'm going to go see interstellar and IMAX or I can go to the mall and see Birdman. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then I just didn't leave my futon for like, yeah, the whole day. <laughs> Because my body was like, you need to lay down and like just decompress. Yeah. And yeah, and now, you know, our first night of Constellations was uh, was last night. And um, rehearsals. Rehearsals. Yeah. yeah. No, he opened the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was really fast. It was, it was, it was really a quick turnaround. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I thought, yeah. I was like, I think you had your first rehearsal too last night. So that's really impressive. With the audience watching. Yeah. It's, it's new. It's a new process. <laughs> but no, it was really cool. Um, it's like stand up. <laughs> yeah. You're just working new material. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was cool. The, fir- the first few nights, my, um, my AD and I, Corinne, were just like, in our kitchen, like drinking tea and like just working through the narrative, you know. Uh huh. And I kind of, I kind of uh, myself felt like she and I were two members of the Cupid Division <laughs> because we were kind of like emotionally mapping out these two characters' relationship with each other. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Interesting. Yeah. And Spoilers like, for Cupid Division. Yeah, sorry. Oh my god, I just realized you've never explained what it was. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the two of us are just kind of like, okay, well, why would this end the relationship? Or like, okay, well, this would mean that they would get back. Okay, it's her fault in this one, but it's his fault in this one. And I'm, I'm learning a lot about what she and I think about relationships. Oh, it's really interesting. Like, we're we're really good friends. Like, and you know, there, there's a, there's a really deep um, trust. Or at least I have a really deep trust in her. Um, I can only assume she 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 can stand me. Um, but yeah, and then and then there was this really weird moment. Uh, not, not to not to not, not to get too self congratulatory, but I, I've been trying to get this play off the ground for two years, and um, it was just never selected for the season for like you know politics or like timing or like it didn't fit with the theme of the season. And it's fine because I I was I wasn't ready before last night you know i was thinking about that like if i had done this like two years ago it probably wouldn't have been very good because mm-hmm. i just wasn't as confident or self-assured as, as an artist as i am right now right because like coming off of water by the spoonful i, I really did some of like the I, I can safely without without ego or vanity i can safely say that i did like the best work i've ever done as a mm-hmm. as a, as a student actor 
Mm-hmm. And now I can kind of like come in and just come, okay, we're going to do this because I know this is right and it'll grow and it'll evolve and I'll prove myself wrong a lot. But I, I, I know in the moment that this is what we need to do. And right. um, I found out that like the committee that like chose the play, this was kind of like their, this was kind of like their, um, passion play i guess where it was like we need we need this to happen soon because he's gonna be gone because <laughs> he's gonna die um and so they were like hey like whatever you whatever you need like we're we're here to make this happen the way you've wanted it to and i kind of had this like oh th- this is what i've been building towards like i'm actually seeing the result of being in this place for a long time you know what i mean i had this really right. weird like coming of age moment like oh this is it right like, i'm not a i'm not a kid anymore in this context of the, in the context of the school, you know, right. It was really weird. Hmm. I had a lot of, uh, existential crisis happen in the past. Like, yeah. Six weeks. yeah. <laughs> but, but it's been kind of groovy, you know, um, <laughs> just all this stuff happening. And like, it's weird being the elder of a, of a, of a community. Mm. And by a community, I mean like students. Cause of course I'm still very submissive towards like the professor, not submissive, but I'm still very respectful towards like the faculty and the professors, um, to their face, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you go to the pub and you like you know make fun of them and do impressions of them and whatnot. Right. But then but you still quietly respect them, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm excited about doing the show. I mean, it's been in my head so long that you know the the first day of a production is normally uh, a read through, where like you sit around a desk with like the director and the cast and you just read through the script. Yeah. And uh, I kind of, we were, we were gathered and I was like, Hey, we're not going to do that. And I just like set up the space, like with the chairs and the, and the blocking and the blocks. And I was like, you guys just start and I'll, and I'll, and I'll move you when I, when I really need you to be somewhere specific. Yeah. And they just stumbled through the play and every once in a while I'd be like, stop. And I'd like, you know, like, Hey, can you be here? Or like, can you be sitting down or can you, can can these two blocks be a couch? And they just ran through it. And yeah, it was really rough because it was the equivalent of a, of a read through, but I found that we were already making day three notes on day one. Mm. Nice. Be- because like, you know, we were already like, oh, that doesn't work. Or like, oh, I'm only getting his back. Or like, oh, like we really need to play with levels on this. And, you know, so at some point it was kind of like, oh man, we're, we're kind of in rough shape. But I was like, wait, we would be sitting on a, sitting around a table right now. Yeah. And so I found that it was a really, it kind of expedited the whole process. Cause now like we know exactly where we need to go. Yeah. That, no, that's uh I mean, that's a really good idea. Um, I wish, uh, I wish that's something that you could do on film. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I, I, I just now realized I actually really am very at home on the stage. Yeah. Um, because like this whole, the whole time I've been in college, I've always, I've been such a dick, but, um, you know, it's like, oh, you know, after you graduate, I'm like, well, I really want to do film. I'm really more of a film guy. And I'm sure that's how it's come off to the professors because a lot of them, a lot of them, not not in a good way, but they, they, they don't have the best opinion of film. Uh-huh. Um, you know, theater people. Right. Um, right. But I've, I found out like this year that like I, because I'm taking on camera acting, uh-huh. which is my favorite class because I work with a freaking really great professor who it's, it's like her first year at the school. And she was a working actress up until like three years ago. Right. So like she is very much still like in the business, you know what I mean? Like she uh-huh. had, like her advice is very in the now. Sure. 
is most like in 1987. This guy told me I can't do a commercial, so I'm 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 cynical for the rest of my life. <laughs> right, but yeah, so I found out that I really am much more comfortable on stage than on film, which is a really weird discovery for me because I've always been like, oh, well, I love film. Film, it's almost like film was my Gwen Stacy, but then theater is like my Mary Jane. Mm, interesting. Where, where like quite unexpectedly, I have fallen in love with it, like without even trying to. Right. So so uh, so does that mean that um, that uh, you're going to 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 th- throw uh, throw throw your film career off the uh, off the Washington Bridge? <laughs> no, I, I think no. If anything, it has to be kind of the opposite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, so that's 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 really cool. Um, that's 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 really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I just have that 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 same existential crisis that I always have uh, whenever we we shoot whenever we have a big day, um, like we did with with those action scenes. You know, like I I I'm I'm up at like four thirty or no even earlier than that because our my call time was five a.m. So it was like I was up at like three thirty and. Uh, you know, roll into set and then we start like setting up in the conference room and everybody starts arriving and, and we're like setting up all the equipment and I'm just like, you know, and it's just one of those things where you're, you're doing the work and and it's really stressful, but like, I don't know, there's just something so romantic about it that I just, I can't help but look around and just be like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. This Oh, definitely. This is so awesome. (laughs) And I, God, I love, I'm doing it again for a class. Like I love film acting so much. Mm Mm-hmm. I just all, all the things that frustrate my my peers about you know because it is like whoa wait you can't do this you can't I don't know I just I love the speed of it yeah I, I love getting hyper obsessive about like thirty seconds worth of story yeah and I don't know like, I I just find I find the speed of it actually pretty calming because a lot of actors find it really frustrating like oh we're well, just sitting around for like hours they're like no but like you're not supposed to just be sitting around reading a book you know you're supposed to be like walking around and like learning and talking to the sound guy and like mm-hmm. looking over your lines. You know what I mean? Like there's, right. there's so much stuff you can do in that time. Right. And I don't know. I found that like, I'm at my best when I'm over the years. I found that I'm at my best when I'm like sitting on my queue, like shouting like dumb jokes to like the, the, the lighting guy while they're fixing a shot. Mm-hmm. I found that that's when I'm at my most like, like like affable and brave and and patient. I don't know. I don't know why, but like, <clears throat> um, I can't wait to get really, you know, because after I graduate, my job officially changes. Because like I, my 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 dad always said like, hey, while you're in school, you're a student. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's been a that's been a hard lesson to learn because I had such an antagonistic relationship with school this whole time. Right. Um, this is really, you know, again, it's it's kind of like a, a crappy Lifetime movie where a main character has like a terminal disease, but I, it's like I'm just now learning how to do college. Like I'm just now learning how to like have a group of friends and care about them and support them, and I'm just now learning how to go to class every day and like not be a little shit to the professor. I'm just now learning all this stuff, and I'm I'm graduating in like like four months. Well, I mean, isn't that? I mean, that's that's kind of just how college works, right? Because I mean. Not for nothing, but I think that if the the idea that I think the only reason that anyone remembers college as like 
these four years of just like, oh, I, you know, I look back at my college years and it was so, it was the best times of my life and blah, blah, blah. They're really only remembering like the part that they got right, which is like that last year, you know, yeah. when, when it's not, it wasn't super stressful and, and, you know, you had your like core group of friends. Cause I mean, I've, I've uh, just looking at the team that I have now, which is, um, really just like the best it could be at, sure. at this point. It, but like you compare this to Tempres, which was the first like major thing that I shot um, since, since coming here. And uh, there's not a single person on the crew now um, <laughs> yeah, that sure. was from that. Uh, and, and with good reason, because, you know, you just slowly are just kind of weeding people out um, and realizing like, oh, okay, their priority isn't this person, like it isn't into this, like, you know, like they, they worked because, uh, I had no one else, you know, or, or because, uh, they were as inexperienced as I was, but like now it's too much work for them or they're just not the right person. And so like, you just have to move through it. And, you know, also, also the idea of like, uh, combing through my crew and pulling all of the theater people out. Um, uh, over, over the, which sounds terrible, but I mean, the fact is like theater people just don't understand film. Like they just don't get it. The idea of having to have multiple locations for things, like it just doesn't, that just seems like an awful lot of work for theater people. Cause they're like, no, you just have the one place and then it's all your locations and it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, having like having a, a producer on severance, which is, uh, basically one location. Um, it's technically two, but it, we just use the exterior of the same location. Sure. So, so, so it's like one location. So she had to find one location and we found it and we used it and that's great. Then we do the Cupid division and I'm like, yeah, there's like, you know, a dozen locations in this and uh, you know, she lost her mind a little and kind of flaked. Um, and you know, and then I, I was like, okay, well I'll use this other person and they'll, they'll, they'll cover what she can't do. Um, they'll, they'll split the work. Uh, and that actually made it worse. Weirdly. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Splitting the work over two people. Uh, neither of them feels the responsibility that they need to get the work done. Um, so they both kind of flaked. Uh, and, and so now I'm using, I'm actually using one of my actors as my producer and he's like nailing it. Um, cool. So, so, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know the the way everything has like, merged and 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 changed and morphed from the beginning and you're right like you know you start with lots of problems and then and then by now like you know four years later it's um it's sort of like everything's like at the best it could possibly be and the idea of uh moving to california in a couple years um and losing all of these people is uh it's it's a difficult thing to um wrap my head around yeah, I, uh, you know, I think it's important to remember the bad times, you know, and not to, you know, because it kind of makes you appreciate the good times more. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember, like, okay, like the first semester, the first winter that I was in Oklahoma, um, I was kind of in like the deepest depths of like depression that I hopefully will ever face because I haven't been that low since. Um, just because, you know, I was in a new place and, you know, it, it was kind of like being a mid season replacement character. <laughs> Because here are all these here are all these people that have two years worth of history with each other, mm-hmm. and I have no history with them. Right. And there was it was definitely a transition process. You know, what I mean, like, I was making friends, but you know, I kind of felt like 
Anyway, and so um, the I remember sitting in the movie theater watching Silver Linings Playbook and absolutely 100% relating to Bradley Cooper's character. Like, just feeling this really deep, profound connection to, like, Pat Solitano and then walking out of the movie theater being like, that's not okay. Uh-huh. It is not good how much I related to that guy's mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and behavior. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, flash forward two years later. Um, yeah, two years. And I just felt this really profound connection to the characters in Big Hero 6. <laughs> where I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I totally know what it feels like to be rescued or, like, be taken in by this group of people and then, like, affect them and, like, change their lives. And, mm-hmm. like, this big happy cuddle pile of, like, dorks. That like to do science, but then I guess replace science with like theater and whiskey. And yeah. And, <laughs> and it was kind of just like, oh wow, I guess I guess this actually is kind of improving because instead of relating to like a David O'Russell movie, I'm relating to like a Disney movie. Yeah. I I mean that's yeah, that's what you want, I think. Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't I can't think of a David O'Russell movie I would like to <laughs> relate myself to. Yeah, Three Kings. No, <laughs> I guess of the I guess Silver Linings Playbook is sort of the happiest David O. Russell movie. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Oh man, um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I mean that's it's 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 interesting. I, oh god, the idea of of restarting all of this again, um, it's uh, it's nerve wracking. Yeah, but then also, but like the idea if if you had to restart as yourself. The last time you restarted, like a video game, yeah, like we, I would be fucked. Like if if <laughs> if I had to if I had to take 2012 Nick, but instead of him being in Oklahoma, he has to be like in Chicago or L.A. or New York. Yeah, like I would probably, who knows what would happen to me. But it's not 2012 Nick. It's too, it's going to be 2015 Nick. You know what I mean? Right. That's true. That's true. Um. Yeah. So I, you know, it's uh, it's it's an interesting time. Um. But I'm I'm excited about uh, I'm I you know it, it's unfortunate uh, because like <laughs> I'm doing these projects and I know you haven't seen either of them yet, but you're going to and 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 you yeah. know come February you're going to get to see them. But it's really unfortunate um, having you as a as a as a creative friend because uh, you do all these things and then I don't get to see any of them because they're on stage in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, yeah so you talk about this stuff and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like you did the hitchhikers thing and then you just did Water by the Spoonful. And now you're doing this Constellations thing. And you're like, yeah, they're really cool. And I was like, I, I want to see them, but I don't get to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. And, and, it, that's, and that's kind of the nature of that, – that, that's, why, that's why I love film so much is because it, it can still exist afterwards. Right. Like well, something you can I share it with more people. Yeah, like I can I can send you the URL link to this thing I made and be like, hey, look at this. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It and also it's funny because you know theater people would argue that theater is probably more intimate than film, but then I think that I think that film is more intimate um, for the filmmaker, whereas like the play like a play director like the 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 um. The, the stage, I don't think, is quite as intimate for 
them because you don't get as much of you on, on the stage as you can on a screen, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I would I would totally argue like, you know, I actually dis- I actually think the way I enjoy you know, the sweet spot for me like emotionally acting is kind of I think I'm much more comfortable being on film because on film you can just really get really quiet. Yeah. And really specific. Exactly. And whereas theater will always be kind of like presentational. Right, right. Like I I think mo- I think for I think for um uh, playwrights, I think that theater is very, uh, very intimate because you can, sure. you can do, you, you do a lot more personal things on stage, you know, as a, as a yeah. playwright, I think you tell much more personal stories. Um, but I think for everyone else involved, I, I really do think, um, I think film, film feels like going to war. Um, yeah, I mean, it really does. Like I, I, as far as, you know, not like the scary, um, but just the idea of like being kind of, you know, hunkered down with these people, uh, and you've got to get this thing done. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. and, it's and, almost... and, and you're like, you're like, you know, kind of doing things on the fly and I don't know. Yeah. It, it's like okay. theater is it, it, acting in theater. You're almost tricking people into thinking that it's natural. Right. Because you are speaking like an octave higher than you normally would because you have to reach like the back row right? or you are standing somewhere you wouldn't stand because of sight line, but you have to trick people into thinking that it's just real people on that stage talking. Right. But we know with film, like, you know, the last scene of water by the spoonful is this very like emotional, um, like confession by my character about like his past and stuff that he did wrong. And, you know, there's there so many times where my instinct in a rehearsal process was to just like, because, you know, my other, my, the, you know, the, the character I'm talking to is like, you know, a few inches away from me, mm-hmm. like standing right next to me. And there were so many times when I just wanted to just like, just say it, you know, just, just kind of like, you know, say it under my breath and just kind of like let it happen just, right. just to try it. But that literally wouldn't work on stage. It literally, it would, no one would be able to physically hear it. Right. So you have to like turn out and you have to kind of shout it a little bit, but then you have to make it sound like you're not, it still has to sound real. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something I, I've just, um, I've never, I, you know, I was in that one play. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, and it was, and it was a good experience, but you know, it's it just, it sort of cemented me like one, that was the last time I acted, I think. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think I've acted since then. Uh, not to say that I didn't enjoy it cause I did, but I just, it was just a process where it was like, this is a nice learning process, but I don't, I, this isn't for me. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love, I love directing so much. Yeah. So do I, I, I really, I want to direct a play really badly. Um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's really, it's really, I, I love directing and I, I've said this to my, yeah. I, I might've said this to you, but I've said this to all my friends. I like directing because you get to go to work as you, you get to climb up the stairs as you, you get to sit down as you, and then you get to watch the story happen, and then you get to solve problems as yourself. Right. Like, okay, well, look, it's like, I don't know. And like, when you're, when you're acting, you do kind of like, you know, become the character and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you look at it on, at such a micro level. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm at a place now where I just, I really like being me. Yeah. 
So the cool part about being a, about directing a play is I get to just be me the whole time. Right. Well, and I and I like uh, you know the idea of like working on the micro and the macro. Um, I like the idea because obviously I haven't done it, but I like the idea of being able to see the macro in real time um, oh. and being able to keep track of the macro like so much more easily than you can on film uh, because keeping track of the macro on film is uh, that's that that that's that takes effort. That's. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, definitely. That's really difficult. Um, just because, you know, you're not seeing it all at once. You can't say, okay, from the top and then watch the whole thing. You just, that's not possible on film. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's really, it's really complex. And so I, I, I feel like it would be, um, sort of a relief to have a smaller story. Like I would love to do Severance as a play. Um, like as a one actor or something. Um, not it probably wouldn't even be a one act. It would just be a short. But I would love to do that. I'd love to put that that script on stage somehow. Yeah. Um, because I think I, that would be really fun. And there's a couple of other ones that I've. Uh, there's that one the the projectionist that I've been talking about forever. Oh sure sure. That I I really want to do that as a play so badly. I've been uh I've been writing a play these past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, my, um, my, my friend Ian is, uh, is, is a, is a brilliant actor, but he's also a, a really, really brilliant playwright. And, uh, we've been, we we're, we're trying to do this like showcase in January mm-hmm. of like, cause I, I cannot, I tell this to all my friends and all my students, you have to be creating your own content. Right. It's so important. You have to have your own voice. You can't just be waiting to do like the frick fucking Sprite commercial. Right. Um, anyway. Um, and so <laughs> we've been writing plays and I was like, Oh, I, I want to do one too. So I've been writing this play. And it is such a weird process because like all I want to do is write the way I write screenplays. Right. And it's like, no, like you really, you like, I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm like, I'm like 40 pages in mm-hmm. and in a movie, in a screenplay, I'd be like maybe halfway done, mm-hmm. but like a play cannot be like 120 pages. Right. A play has to be like freaking Constellations. Well, Constellations is a bad example. Constellations is really short. Constellations is like 70 pages. Mm-hmm. Like we we ran the show in like an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, there's also no Constell- – I, I, would, I would be really interested in you reading Constellations. Um, I really want to make it into a movie someday. Okay. That's like in my – like I really – I have I've been, I'm envisioning just like this really great like, like Richard Curtis meets like – uh, like homeboy that directed Tree of Life, uh, Terrence Malick. Ter- yeah, but not like you know, like I'm the you know the aesthetic of Terrence Malick with like the humanity and humor of like Richard Curtis. Yeah, sure. Anyway, yeah, because like it's almost kind of anyway. Um, but yeah, so I've been writing a play, and <laughs> it, it 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 is really weird because like oh oh they they can just talk. Well, that seems like it should be. I mean, I guess, I guess you've spent like the past um, five years or so. Uh, well, really, as long as I've known you, sort of working on breaking that habit of it, a movie can't just be people talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, I guess, I guess it would be weird for you to like have to like kind of undo that training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like oh, I have to go back to uh, like two thousand eight, Nick. Nick and yeah, or we'll like, just be like, how reams. did you write things? <laughs> yeah, just reams and reams of people talking. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's I. You know, my biggest issue with with that is uh, 
use using a single location um you know for your for your uh for your play because I, I i always i don't i i really don't like uh i i'm i don't i don't mind the very simple like stage settings where it's like um you know kind of like how warhorse did it where it's like it's like a plain stage and then they just like throw up like one part of a set and then that's a scene and then on the other side of the stage there's like this other like there's like a box that's like supposed to be a house or something mm. you know what i mean um that 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 sort of uh that sort of thing is 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 fine but it's not i i i i i personally prefer the uh the like there's like one setting um you you build your your set and then that's the one set um and everything actually literally takes place in that room sure yeah you, like yeah uh, that's um, this that's just what i that's how i prefer uh that sort of thing um personally i don't i just don't i don't like uh i don't know i don't like the fake sets i just i f- for some reason i have i it, i have trouble like it takes me out of it like i saw um a uh school production of into the woods and it's just like here's the woods and then <laughs> and then those aren't woods yeah right <laughs> yeah totally not woods um it was like it was like stuff made it practically look like it was made out of construction paper um but uh, yeah, so it was like Woods, and then they'd be like, oh, they, like you'd have like Jack in the corner being like, oh, we're on the farm, and here's my moo cow, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, all right, fine. They're, I guess they're, the Woods are near his farm. All right, fine. And then and then you go like on the other side of the stage, and it's like the baker and the baker's wife, and they're like, oh, our bakery, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you're in the Woods. That's not... <laughs> that's not a bakery. You can't, you can't get ovens in the Woods. They wouldn't work. Um, I don't know. It just, uh, it, it, t- it always takes me out of it. I don't, I can't, uh, and I know that that's like a me thing, but cause that's <laughs> sure. just how, that's just how stage works. But for like, I guess for, for, um, lower production value, uh, theater work. Um, but I, it's, uh, I, I think, I, I just think like if you're going to do something like on the cheap, I would rather see something that all takes place in one setting and, you know. I yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like it's yeah. My uh, my roommates were just in the well. One of them directed, and one of them was in uh, this production of "This Is Our Youth" by Kenneth Lonergan, which you should read. Okay. Um, it's it's about these two teenagers and not no two twenty somethings in nineteen eighty two, like just living in their apartment in in New York, and it it it, it they never leave the apartment. Mm, that's my jam. Yeah, and uh, Kieran Culkin and Michael Sarah were just in a production. It's kind of like oh that one, a, yeah. It's like every generation has to have their This Is Our Youth. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mark Ruffalo was in it, like the very first run, like in the 90s. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Chris Klein did it in the 90s. Um, Hayden Christensen and some other guy was in it in like the early 2000s. And now it's now now the time has come for it to happen again <laughs> with Michael Sarah and Kieran Culkin. That's cool. And it's, oh my God, it, it was, I'm so proud of that production because like, you know, we do we do a lot of shows here where you know you sit back and you're like, oh, Václav Havel play, hmm, interesting. I but a good, good good night of theater. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, we we've learned as students we've learned how to process shows academically. Right. Um, like I was really proud of. Again, I'm, okay, I, I I literally have to tell you this because it happened, but there's no other way for you to know it. But like, you know, I was really proud of the of the reaction to Water by the Spoonful. Mm-hmm. Like I had people come out to me saying like they couldn't they couldn't breathe 
the last couple of minutes because like they're having trouble like because they were they were crying. Yeah. And you know, part of you is like, "Oh, I'm sorry that I made you do that," but also like, "Fuck yeah." <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so like so that same weekend this is our god. Oh, it was such a good weekend of of us doing stuff cuz like all my friends were in shows that were really good and then like Water by Spoonful was really good. Anyway, it was kind of like, you know that weekend where like Blue Jasmine and The World's End came out. Mhm. And you're like, yeah, film. But yeah, but like it was really cool watching This Is Our Youth because the uh, the the students had such a visceral, enthusiastic reaction to it, not like a scholarly reaction to it. Because mm-hmm. the play is very much about being in your like early twenties and like doing drugs and like have, being friends with people that actually might be really bad for you. But like they're just your friends, and you know people were just like, oh my god, this is my life right now. Right. And I don't know. It was it was really it was just really great. But anyway, yeah. But that that was a play that took place in one location, mm-hmm. and it was just about breathing in this in this apartment. But Water by the Spoonful, you know, you're in a diner. You're in, you know, the the, the actual play takes place all over the country. Well, but did you have um, in in that play? Did you was, was the setting? Did you have one? Like one one main set, and then and then you had like little sets like that you pretended to be other things all around. Yes. Or was it was it like the was it the plain stage version like with okay. the with okay the well okay what about the spoonful was really interesting. Okay, I'm I'm gonna try and, and paint you a picture. Okay, I'm about to do the thing. I'm about to do the reason that I don't write novels, which is like describe settings. Oh okay. Um, Good. <laughs> okay, so you you walk into a room and. There is, imagine, like, a vertical plane with two walls. Kind of like a, um, so you have, like, a, like, 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 a, a, like, you're, you're, you're sitting in the audience and you're seeing, like, a horizontal line, right? Okay. And there's two walls on either end of it. Those two walls had projections the whole time that were kind of showing setting. Like, if we're at an airport, there's a projection of an airport. Oh, we're at a, the projection we're at a, thing is different because then because I like the projection because it's a nice cheat like it's yes. a way of having your cake and eating it because mm-hmm. I, I yeah I'm I'm very pro projection I have a there's like a um uh, there I've always wanted to write a uh, a time travel um play or oh, mu- sure, yeah. musical where you you uh in the first act you film everyone um. Like in the first act on stage, like performing their stuff. And then in the second act, they visit themselves from the first act and you, you, you project what was the first act up on the, up on the screen and use it for them to interact with or talk about. Um, oh my God. That's genius. Yeah. So, so I'd actually, I've actually thought about, I like the projection thing. That's, that's, that, that was something, that's something that Warhorse does a lot. Like, like Hermione and Harry watching Hermione and Harry go into Hagrid's house. Right. Exactly. Oh my god, we need to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, okay, it's in the vault. All right, um, let's, let's put it, let's put it in our notebook of okay. things that we're gonna do. God damn it, we're gonna die soon. Um, <laughs> now I know how Guillermo del Toro feels sometimes. Uh, He's like, I'm not gonna make these. I'm not gonna make Frankenstein. I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just broke my heart a little. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't put it so frankly. But I want to go. I want to find him and give him a hug. Poor guy. <laughs> no, I'm going to die. <laughs> no, you're go, not going to die, Carmo. <laughs> then I'll go to the land of the remembered and I'll sing Mumford and Son songs. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that movie. 
Um, but then there's, there would also be, you know, but then there's also a desk, which is everyone's desk. Whenever there's a desk in, in a scene, that's the desk. And then we also, because it was a main stage, we kind of had a bigger budget than I'm used to, which is here are two blocks you have until midnight before the cops come. Um, <laughs> and you know, there, there was a booth that we made and we installed in the, um, like kind of like drilled into the set. And that booth was the cafeteria of a university, uh, a diner. Mm-hmm. And like a restaurant, but that mm-hmm. was just the booth every time. But then the projections kind of like help the audience be like, okay, we're here now. No, that's great. See, I, yeah. I the projection thing is is the way around that. I think, because mm-hmm. um, it's either it's either projection or have like you know a billion dollar budget like like Broadway musicals have where. Yeah. Where like you're like watching this thing and, and like the sets keep like morphing and changing and you're like I don't even know how they do that. Um, that was my thought while watching uh, Big Finish or Big Fish. Um, big, big Finish. Big Finish. Now when I, when I saw Big Fish, like it was just I I didn't I I have no idea how the stage stuff worked. Like I just don't. It was it looked like a Rubik's cube of sets that they just kept merging in and out of. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very difficult. Yeah, and... I have no idea how they did that. Um, it was it was freaking me out. And like the background of the set was the was the band, like the the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they were in the, like this big uh, elaborate. Um, well, what's that? Uh, like Hollywood Squares? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a big elaborate Hollywood squares in the background with the orchestra in each, like, like pieces of the orchestra in each square. And then, um, and then the set in front of them, like the set would like merge and change like a Rubik's cube. It was really weird. Okay. Um, I I spent a semester learning what that's called and I forgot. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's good. (laughs) Learning things. Yay. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, so I know like, how to love though. I, <laughs> I learned a lot of human stuff. <laughs> so I I really like it when they can do that. But obviously that that is incredibly expensive. I imagine. Like I was just looking at, it, I was like, oh my god, this is this this is a billion dollar setup. Um, but uh, uh, what you're talking about with the projections, like I'm pro that. Like that's that that's a way to to have your cake and eat it. That's great. Sure, yeah. I really like that. And like as a as a as a as a as an acting student who is lucky enough to go to Oklahoma City University, which is one of the best acting schools in the country. If we're if any high school students are listening to this, anyway, um, <laughs> oh god, we're so dope right now. I'm just we're getting doper. Um, but yeah, anyway, so like we're, we're exposed to a lot of theater, and you know our our teachers are always saying like you should be reading like a play a week. Mm. And we don't, but like we we try to, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it, we don't know, do that. <laughs> sure. The, but like, the, the reality is, they probably mean one play a month, but they say sure. a week because they know if they say a month, then you'll read like a play a semester. Otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like we're constantly like reading stuff, and we you know we learn because like we do so many plays <clears throat> here, so we learn that like oh this would be a good main stage, oh this would be a good stage two, oh this would be a good out of the box, this would be a good edge. Because, you know, we, we sort of like, you know, if it's a play where, like, this is their youth, when they don't leave a location. Right. We're like, oh, this would be a good out of the box. But if we're doing, like, if, we're, if we read, like, freaking, like, Angels in America, we're like, oh, well, this needs to be a main stage. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so that, that that's a whole other discipline. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. I bet, I bet the Broadway version of This Is Our Youth just has so many props. Yeah, probably. Because that's really all you need. Yeah. 
I um yeah I think when I when I'm talking about like the little mini sets in I'm talking about like the mini sets in the larger set where it's like it's like like the end of the woods thing where it's like no I'm looking at woods and I know I'm looking at woods yeah. and regardless of whether or not you put a spotlight on this person they're not suddenly in in a farm like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like where, where there's like no there's no projection or anything you just have the characters being like oh I'm I'm hoeing the farm. And you're like, no, no, that's not, that's not a farm. Like that, that, that aspect of like, whenever they do that, like that just feels, I'm just like, just do the projection thing. I don't know. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, That always bums me out when that happens. Cause it feels, it feels like a, like a high school production, you know? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Oh God. I was about to say something. Um, my, uh, my, my really good friend, Liz McCrate, um, who's an improv with, Oh God, we have a show tonight. Um. <laughs> oh God! Imp- I I love improv. If see if 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 um if theater is my Mary Jane Watson and film <laughs> oh, and film is my Gwen Stacy, then improv comedy is definitely my Liz Allen. Mm, interesting. We're just like Liz Allen. Yeah. Oof. Interesting. Anyway. Um. Anyway. So um. So my friend Liz McCrae directed this uh, <laughs> really, this really great production of Pericles, which is a really mm. not that great probably written by Shakespeare, but also written by like three other people that are also dead play. And, um, she directed it kind of like the princess bride. Mm-hmm. And anyway, and like, so that, that play you travel across like multiple countries and cultures. And what they did was there was no setting or no, like no, no backdrops or anything because they screwed her out of a budget. I'm not going to get into that anyway, but she, she, she rose above it. And every, the, the costumes were just blacks. Like you just wore black pants and black shirts. Uh huh. But um, she made all of these different um, colored um, cloth that we would wear. Or not not we, but the actors would wear. So if we were in, like, Rome, everyone wore silver. If we were in Athens, everyone wore green. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just a really simple, aesthetic way to immediately tell everyone where we were. We're like, and or if someone came on wearing like blue, we were like, "Oh, we're in a new place." Yeah, and it was just like you know, you, you, I kind of like what you were saying with Cupid Division. I almost kind of, I'm almost kind of happy for you that you 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 you, you had so much um, uphill battles yeah. because I think I think you really like you've gone through the Kobayashi Maru of filmmaking. Yeah, which is like you can't just throw money at it. Or you can't have everything work out because right. that's when you learn what kind of filmmaker you are. Right. I think you really only learn what kind of artist you are when you're faced with a problem. Hmm. That's interesting. Because, like, now, you know, it, it, it's kind of like how in Dragon Ball Z, like, Goku would be fighting and he'd be doing okay. <laughs> and then, you know, Vegeta or whoever would be like, oh, Kakarot, you uh, idiot. And he's like, oh, I better take off this weighted clothing now. And, like, his shirt, like, sinks into the ground. <laughs> I think like, when you eventually... Yes, hope- it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Like eventually, when you have like, imagine that. Imagine if someone gave you five million dollars. Oh, I I think about that all the time. Exactly. You don't even need that much. No, I was. I I think about. I think about just being able to make. I I, I think about being given like five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> sure. To make a feature, which would be yeah. a nightmare for anyone except for me. I would just be like, oh my god, finally. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I can spend money. This that's is amazing. Why, that's why I think so many of the best blockbusters this year have been made by independent filmmakers. 
<clears throat> like someone yeah. gave <clears throat> excuse me but yeah like, that, i think right. sometimes that backfires though it does yeah but like you know every once in a while you, you give james gunn 150 million dollars and he's like finally and he just, yeah. he just makes guardians of the galaxy right yeah totally or like, and, and this is my opinion. I know some people didn't like this movie, but you give Gareth Edwards $150 million and he's like, oh, finally. And then he makes freaking Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you give Mark Webb $850 billion and he makes The Amazing Spider-Man. Well, I mean, to be fair, he made that with, you know, both his arms tied behind his back. Um, yeah. By uh, by a snickering Avi Arad. Um, so. On May the movie coming 2017. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> not talk about that. Um, God, who would see that? Who? No one. I, I I'm pretty sure it's somebody trolling the internet. I Secrets think. have a price, Scott. It's got to be a. It's got to be. It's got to be trolling. It has to be. Um, I like that. Uh, I, I like that glass ceiling project. That sounded kind of interesting. It did. Uh, I would be interested to see what the story for that would be, though. Um. Uh, I'm sorry, story? Yeah, right. That's in a I'm, Sony Spider-Man yeah. movie? No, I know. That's I mean that's that's the thing. It's I like, think you meant reshoots. You're interested <laughs> in what the reshoots would be like. <laughs> reshoots. <laughs> um yeah. So I don't know. Anyway. Um Yeah, it's uh it's I we've got we've been having a lot of stuff on our plate and uh and then and that's to say nothing of you know, we haven't really had a lot of time to work on it. Um, but oh, the, the thing. Yeah, we've got we've got our thing. Well, plural things, plural. Yeah, um, it's like three things that we're working on. We're juggling kind of simultaneously. Cause... Hey, it's like uh, I'll, I'll never forget. Um, you know, pe- people give him a hard time because he makes bad movies. But uh, Sean Levy mm-hmm. uh, once said something that I actually kind of like. Oh, that's actually a pretty good advice. Um, he's like, you kind of have to have fifty projects going at once because you have to know that. The way the business works is only two of those things are ever going to reach the next step. Right. That's true. Although all of these things are going to reach the next step for us. So Sure, because yeah, you know, we don't have like – yeah. Anyway, tr- right. trading problems. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so uh, you know, we've got we've got uh, the the feature that we've been we'd been working on for a while. Um, then we've got the new the the new project that we can't really talk about. And then we've got uh, a, another feature that we want to sort of like write over a weekend so that we we have in our back pocket to make because you can make it for super cheap. Um, I think I can hear I think I can hear 2015 Nick and Scott laughing from here. Yeah, no, I know. But you know that's a problem for them, and and they'll come they'll come out they'll come out the the other side uh, you know better for it. Uh, they'll be able to drop their weighted clothes like Goku and yeah, and then and run off into the night. Yeah, um. <laughs> Goku really into running away into the night. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know that much about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> okay, it, it, it's a lot of standing in place and screaming. Yeah, I mean that's that's all I know about it because you know I watched it when I was a kid, but I didn't understand any of it. I just knew. Sure. It took a really long time for anything to happen. Um, and it was a lot of uh, <laughs> Goku being like, oh, I got beat. Uh, I got to go. I got to go train and be better. And then he does. And he comes back. He's like, oh, I'm better. And then they he kicks the other person's ass for a while. And then that person is like, oh, I guess I should take off this weighted clothing. And they're like, and he's like, oh, damn it. Now I got to be even stronger. <laughs> and it was just a lot of back and forth like that. It's kind of like life. <laughs> There's always someone stronger waiting for you. <laughs> oh, all right, well, let's get to writing. Right.